0: Hello everyone, Justin Vakula here with another episode in my Stoic Philosophy series on the topic of friendship. Visit my website at justinvacula.com, where you can find links to my social portals including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and see past Stoic Philosophy content on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. My Stoic Philosophy series explores the philosophical tradition of Stoicism with goals to inform, empower, and help others benefit from the practical wisdom of ancient Greek, Roman, and modern thinkers. For the Stoics, a main focus in life is pursuing virtue to attain a well-examined life through practical applications of philosophy, acting with good character, using reason to form accurate, careful judgments about the world, and having contentment through casting away anxiety and certain desires. Stoic writers focus on many perennial human concerns and urge people to take action, applying what they learn to everyday life. Self-improvement is central to Stoic thought, strengthening and improving one's mindset in order to have a better quality of life. Even though many Stoic writers are centuries removed from us, their wisdom endures and is extremely relevant to our time. What does a good friendship look like? Who should we admit into our circle of friends? Which qualities should we look for in people? How should we engage with our friends? What are some benefits of social relationships? How can we share our thoughts and feelings with friends? How many friends should we have? Should we, after failure to acquire good relationships, isolate ourselves and give up? We'll discuss these themes and more alongside passages from Seneca's Letters from a Stoic. Seneca's letters were addressed to his good friend Lucilius. It is an interesting format to read compared to other philosophical texts which may be addressed to the general public, students, or presented as if a reader were viewing a journal. Throughout Seneca's letters, we see care, concern, and a large degree of openness, humility concerning his innermost thoughts, some of which include personal struggles, pieces of advice, and past mistakes which he hopes his friend will not make. Seneca advances his own values and hopes his friend will consider his wisdom. This friend communication serves as a good background for which to discuss the topic of friendship. Seneca suggests that working on yourself, focusing on self-improvement, will allow you to be a better friend. There is a recurring theme throughout Seneca's letters, to work on yourself so that you may better face the world in being resilient, enduring suffering, finding purpose, and having contentment. And these are just some of the benefits, which can come with self-improvement. In his letter titled, On the Friendship of Kindred Minds, Seneca writes, Try to perfect yourself if, for no other reason, in order that you may learn how to love. Friendship, on Seneca's view, is a two-way street in which benefits are exchanged and received. Both parties work on strengthening the relationship and enthusiastically contribute. There should be personal growth in friendship for both parties, and the friendship, rather than just bringing about brief periods of pleasure or joy, should endure. Both parties should maintain a sense of joy, not a baseless, fleeting pleasure, but rather something more substantive and beneficial. There's an intellectual and emotional connection as well something Seneca refers to as two people being of one mind. Seneca writes, I am already deriving some profit by imagining that we too shall be of one mind, and that whatever portion of my strength has yielded to age will return to me from your strength, although there is not so very much difference in our ages. He continues in the same letter with this theme of working on improving yourself, which will make you a better friend, a better person. He also talks about the progress which comes with self-improvement and friendship. He writes, Hasten to find me, but hasten to find yourself first. Make progress, and before all else, endeavor to be consistent with yourself. And when you would find out whether you have accomplished anything, consider whether you desire the same things today that you desired yesterday. A shifting of the will indicates that the mind is at sea, heading in various directions, according to the course of the wind. But that which is settled and solid does not wander from its place. This is the blessed lot of a completely wise man, and also, to a certain extent, of him who is progressing and has made some headway. It's an interesting passage here. What good can you be as a friend if you haven't worked to improve yourself? Can you be a good friend if your character isn't in the right place? Indeed, as Seneca mentions, there will be progress and life is a journey. There is constant improvement to be made. But let us not simply drift by in life and have no standards with which to work with. Let's be humble and find areas for improvement. We may not be completely wise, but progress, working on improvement, and changing directions based on our own accord, new experience, and new information we find is valuable. Through improving ourselves, we can be better friends, and through friendship, we can improve ourselves especially with a good guide. Communication, frequent, and of good quality, is important to friendship on Seneca's view. He thanks his friend for writing to him and notes that even letters can be a great component to a friendship. Face-to-face meetings may be rarer, but written communication can contribute to a strong friendship. Seneca writes in his letter titled, On the Proper Style for a Philosopher's Discourse I thank you for writing me so often. For you are revealing your real self to me in the only way you can. I never receive a letter from you without being in your company forthwith. If the pictures of our absent friends are pleasing to us, though they only refresh the memory and lighten our longing by a solace that is unreal and unsubstantial, how much more pleasant is a letter which brings us real traces, real evidences of an absent friend? For that which is sweetest when we meet face to face is afforded by the impress of a friend's hand upon his letter. Recognition. It's an interesting passage and something to wonder about, especially in modern times. In an era with so many opportunities for communication much faster than letters Seneca would write and receive, we can be grateful for rapidly being able to communicate with our friends. Surely, regular communication should be an ingredient for a good friendship. And we can be skeptical and we don't hear from our friends given the technology we have. Is this a good friendship if we don't engage often? Perhaps time is limited and people have different levels of priorities. Maybe there are stronger friendships than others. However, regular communication is really important. Longing to see a friend and really enjoying the time you spend together might be a good indicator of a valuable friendship. Seneca writes about distance between friends in his letter on Vatia's villa, that friends won't spend all their time together, but a sense of friendship endures even when friends are apart. He writes, Just let your thoughts travel, even to this place. You may hold conversation with your friends when they are absent, and indeed as often as you wish, and for how long as you wish. For we enjoy this, the greatest of pleasures, when we are absent from one another, And we ought to bear the absence of friends cheerfully, just because everyone is bound to be often absent from his friends, even when they are present. Include among such cases, in the first place, the nights spent apart, then the different engagements which each of the two friends has, then the private studies of each and their excursions into the country, and you will see that foreign travel does not rob us of much. A friend should be retained in the spirit. Such a friend can never be absent. He can see every day whomsoever he desires to see." Seneca writes about thoughts traveling, well, we can keep in touch with friends through communication, even though geographical distance can separate us. We must accept that we won't be around all of our friends all the time, and there can be value in distance even, some alone time. Here's more on Seneca's thinking of friendship as a mutual benefit, a sharing of concerns and progress. A good friendship has a commonality about it, common interests, common progress, common values, and an element of care. Seneca writes in his letter titled, On Quibbling as Unworthy... Of the philosopher. I am not your friend unless whatever is at issue concerning you is my concern also. Friendship produces between us a partnership in all of our interests. There is no such thing as a good or bad fortune for the individual. We live in common, and no one can live happily who has regard to himself alone and transforms everything into a question of his own utility. You must live for your neighbor if you would live for yourself. This fellowship, maintained with scrupulous care, which makes us mingle as men with our fellow men, holds that the human race have certain rights in common, is also of great help in cherishing the more intimate fellowship, which is based on friendship, concerning which I began to speak above. For he that has much in common with a fellow man will have all things in common with a friend. Here, friendship is presented as a fellowship, something intimate, close-knit, and good friends will help each other, be impacted by what may be troubling another. Seneca talks of good friends as being carefully selected people he can share his thoughts with, There's talk in his letter titled, On Good Company, in which he distinguishes friends from people who just happen to be in his company. He has what he calls his own company in being self-reflective, and can share this experience with friends. He writes, Wherever I am situated, I carry on my own meditations and ponder in my mind some wholesome thought. When I give myself to friends, I do not withdraw from my own company, nor do I linger with those who are associated with me through some special occasion or some case which arises from my official position. But I spend my time in the company of all the best, no matter in what lands they have lived, or in what age I let my thoughts fly to them. Seneca has more thoughts about selecting good friends in his letter titled, On True and False Friendship. To Seneca, trust and openness are important aspects of a good friendship. He writes, If you consider any man a friend whom you do not trust as you trust yourself, you are mightily mistaken, and you do not sufficiently understand what true friendship means. Indeed, I would have you discuss everything with a friend, but first of all, discuss the man himself. When friendship is settled, you must trust. Before friendship is formed, you must pass judgment. Ponder for a long time whether you shall admit a given person to your friendship, but when you have decided to admit him, welcome him with all your heart and soul. Speak as boldly with him as with yourself. You should share with a friend at least all your worries and reflections. What can we take away from these passages? We can be mindful of the fact that not everyone who comes in our path is a good friend. Let's not assume that, or even prefer that, for we can be more selective in who we confide in, how we choose to spend our time, and with whom we spend our time. We owe it to ourselves to select good friends rather than settling for subpar relationships. Quality rather than quantity is a common theme throughout Seneca's letters. It can be challenging to find good friends, for there are many whom we would not want to admit into our circle of friends due in part to contrasting values. Seneca writes in his letter titled On Benefits about ungrateful people being common, and urges his friend not to give up because of one failure, or even several. The search for a good friend should be careful, and the benefits can be worth the trial. He writes, You complain that you have met with an ungrateful person. If this is your first experience of that sort, you should offer thanks, either to your good luck or to your caution. In order to discover one grateful person, it is worthwhile to make trial of many ungrateful ones. No man has so unearing a hand when he confers benefits, that he is not frequently deceived. It is well for a traveler to wander, that he may again cleave to the path. After a shipwreck, sailors try the sea again. The banker is not frightened away from the forum by a swindler. If one were compelled to drop everything that caused trouble, life would soon grow dull amid sluggish idleness. But in your case, this very condition may prompt you to become more charitable, for when the outcome of any undertaking is unsure, you must try again and again in order to succeed ultimately. We see that there can be risks, investment of time, and failure amidst a journey of finding friends. Perhaps the people we thought were good friends turned out not to be, and we were fooled, taken advantage of. The setbacks, though, on Seneca's view should not lead us to give up and remain isolated from others, unwilling to make new friends. Perhaps for a great benefit, there will likely be risks we must take, for nothing worthwhile comes easy. Accepting change and valuing the present moment are two common themes throughout Seneca's writings. We're going to experience loss of loved ones, for this is part of the process of change in life itself. Perhaps, too, our friendships will wane, circumstances in life will change, and we may even die earlier than anticipated. We can be motivated to use the short time we have in this life to spend time with our friends and live a fulfilled life rather than squandering our time, missing opportunities, and simply letting time pass us by. Seneca writes in his letter titled On Grief for Lost Friends about this element of chance, fortune, as he calls it, and how fragile life can be. Fortune has taken away, but fortune has given. Let us greedily enjoy our friends, because we do not know how long this privilege will be ours. Let us think how often we shall leave them when we go upon distant journeys, and how often we shall fail to see them when we tarry together in the same place. We shall thus understand that we have lost too much of their time when they were alive. Here's more from Seneca in the same letter about reflecting on the fact that not only will our friends die, but we will die as well. Accepting and being mindful of this can help us value the present and engage with our friends. He writes, Let us continually think as much about our own mortality as about that of all those we love. In former days, I ought to have said, my friend Serenius is younger than I, but what does this matter? He would naturally die after me, but he may precede me. It was just because I did not do this that I was unprepared when fortune dealt me the sudden blow. Now is the time for you to reflect not only that all things are mortal, but also that their mortality is subject to no fixed law. Whatever can happen at any time can happen today. Take action, Seneca says. Let's not take things for granted and assume that we will live long lives, outlast our friends, and have opportunities to make the most of our friendships. We can anticipate hardships as well and act before they come. Perhaps you can look back in life and recognize missed opportunities, Maybe you can take steps today to engage in your relationships with others. Seneca reflects on recovering from illness and credits his friends for a more speedy recovery. He writes in his letter titled, On the Healing Power of the Mind. I used to be comforted by their cheering words, by the hours they spent at my bedside, and by their conversation. Nothing, my excellent Lucilius, refreshes and aids a sick man so much as the affection of his friends. Nothing so steals away the expectation and fear of death. Perhaps we can be grateful for our friends helping us through difficult times, providing motivation, and offering companionship. We too can reach out to our friends, not only in their time of need, but on a regular basis to offer these benefits. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more content. Visit my website at justinvacula.com, where you can find links to my social portals, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and see past Stoic Philosophy content on YouTube, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Consider donating if you support my work and would like to see more, for this takes time, money, and effort to produce content. Have a great day.